RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Happy Friday. Happy Love Day, everybody. It's Valentine's Day. I hope you all uh, are going to get some action this evening. Look, here's the deal. Uh, If you didn't get any action on Valentine's Day, one, you're single. Two, you just didn't put the effort in. Three, should have ordered some goddamn barbecue. I want to make an effort to make Valentine's Day about everybody, not just about your significant other, your girlfriend or whatever of the female persuasion. Because if you're a guy like me who, you know, when when in a relationship, you love every day. I hate forced holidays. I just have to say it. They're fun for the restaurant. They're fun for marketing. They're fun for all that stuff. But I think I've been lucky enough over the last couple of years slash relationships to not have that like, you know, oh, Valentine's Day is coming. Valentine's Day is coming. I'm just not that guy. Like, I love you. I care about you. 364 of the year, 365 of the year, why do I have to move it into this one day? Because of the fact that Hallmark said we should. Um, it's just not something for me. Realize this was a Catholic holiday, St. Valentine's Day, I think, originally. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not authorized to speak on that shit. All I am authorized to speak on is the fact that I can buy you roses on Monday for $19.99 for a dozen, or I can spend $119.99 a dozen on Friday. Is the love any different from the $19.99 to the $1.99 roses? That's really the question. Are they that much different? Or are we just sending those things out because we're guilted into it because we are forced to do so? Because guess what? I bought you a great fucking pair of socks. I bought you a really nice bra. I probably picked up a great bag for you somewhere along the way. Cool t-shirt last week while I was in, you know, Lake Placid. You know, I think about you all the time. Why do it on the one day? I'm just not that guy. Uh, maybe it's I'm a non-conforming kind of guy. Maybe I beat to my own drum. I don't know. I, I just, it's not something that I, uh, I, I, uh, I succumb to, shall we say. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'll get you the card. Although last year, I think I took pictures of cards and sent them out to my family members. And uh, I think, uh, did I have a girlfriend last year? I don't remember. I don't know. But I remember, well, maybe that's because I don't, maybe I won't, don't remember because all I did was take a picture of a card. I'm not sure. But I love, I love deep and I, uh, you know, I don't feel the need to just do it on the one day. So, so anyway, happy Valentine's day to those of you that adore this holiday, happy Valentine's day to those of you who are in the industry, who are going to make bank this evening. I feel bad that Valentine's day is on a Friday this year because it kind of cuts out the, um, extra sales that we would have had on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Uh, I think that having Valentine's day on a Friday. Yeah. You're going to do your normal sales, but are, what's your increase going to be? Are you, are you only going to do a 10 to 15% increase? Cause it's already Friday. 
Is it a 20% increase? I'm not hundred percent sure, but I do know that if your sales, you know, if your Valentine's day is at the beginning of a week, you're going to still have, it's a bolster. It's a big boost for that week because of the fact that it's at the beginning of the week and people have that obligation to go out on that day itself. The same thing happens with like St. Patrick's day. I mean, take a look. Let's think about this. This year, St. Patrick's day is on a Tuesday. Okay. So how is that going to work out? I mean, are y'all going to go out Monday night and get banged up? I know I'll be down at Fort Myers at city tavern and they're doing their huge event on Monday or on uh, Sunday, which is a wise thing. You get the whole day, you get to go out there, you get to have your party, you get to have your fun, but then you have an additional boost of that St. Patrick's day on a Tuesday next year. It'll be on a Wednesday. So like those midweek holidays boost your weekend sales, whereas your weekend holidays don't boost your sales as much because you're already going to be doing business because it's a Friday. All right. So that's just something to think about. I don't know. It's the industry talk of what I'm going for. Um, coming up in the next couple of weeks, man, we've got some good stuff. You know, I'll be uh, um, I will be down in Florida. Uh, this Valentine's weekend, I'm going down to visit my daughter for her 19th birthday. So I get to go down and hang out with her and her friends. Very excited for that. Then I come right home. I'll be back on Tuesday. Um, and then I go to uh, Mon- uh, Fiona and I are going up to Montage Mountain, baby, where I learned how to ski. I'm going to be up at Montage Mountain. We're going to be doing a really fun thing up there. Just me and Fiona. We're going to get up there Friday, ski Friday night, ski Saturday, Saturday night, um, head back Sunday morning. I'm pretty stoked about it across the board. Um, really, really excited for that. Um, let's see. What do we have going on here for the week, though? Did you know that um, February 17th is National Cabbage Day? How about that? National Cabbage Day on February 17th. February 18th is national ready. Ladies get ready. National drink wine day. So next week, Monday is cabbage day. So you can, uh, you can receive that wonderful gift of flatulence from eating cabbage. And then you can get drunk and farted out on Tuesday. Um, if you're comfortable with, uh, being in that world, what else do I got here? I got a flight to Philly. Nice. Then we're going into uh, Saturday, the 22nd, National Margarita Day. That's Margarita the cocktail. All right. Nice. Not the pizza. 24 is National Tortilla Day. I always think these little holidays are fun, kind of with what Steve people put together. You know, uh, uh, how about this? March 1st, National Fruit Compote Day. Like who, who comes up with these things? What else do we have coming up? Uh, March 5th, National Cheese Doodle Day. National uh, Crown of Roast Pork Day. March 7th. March 9th, National Meatball Day. I will totally be partaking in National Meatball Day. No doubt about that. Uh, National Potato Chip Day is uh, March 14th. March 14th is National Potato Chip Day. Corn Beef Day is St. Patrick's Day. I'll be in Fort Myers at that point. I'm not worried about it. Um, but look, I, I just wanted to chat a couple minutes leading in before we got into the heavy stuff of the show itself. Um, 
This week's guest is a good buddy of mine. You guys have all known him. Know him. He's been on the show in the past. Um, very qualified and fun individual to talk to. He's an awesome guy to travel with. Um, and he's, a, he's, he's just a down and out. He's a good friend. And I'm glad that he's in my circle of friends and that I'm allowed to be in his circle of friends. So everybody do me a huge favor. Welcome to Duffified Live for this week, uh, Chef Kevin DeShane. Brian Duffy for Kevin DeShane. Here. What's up? What's Oh, look at that, Kev D everywhere. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ba-bam. What's yeah, up, what, dude? How you doing? What are you doing? Skyping with you. I, well, I know that, but I meant like in the general physical world. What are you doing? What's your what, what's your plan for this morning? My plan for this morning is I dropped the kids off at school this morning, talking to you for an hour. All of them, all all the kids are in school. They both have half days on Tuesdays and Thursdays till noon, so I get a little break every week because they're very little, so they don't have full on school yet, but uh, preschool really. Okay. How old are the kids? Two and three. Going to be three and four. I think you had twins. They're Irish twins. Well, then they'll be four. Oh, really? How close? 12 months and two weeks. Oh, shit. Look at that. (laughs) I love it. Daddy's home. You're welcome. (laughs) And how is your beautiful bride? She's great. All good. Just uh, this. Usually this is a kind of a quiet time of the year, but I've been super busy. So running around traveling, you know how it goes. Well, you've been doing a lot of Florida stuff. Yeah. I got a client down there who, uh, in West Palm beach, who is down there for three months a year for the big equestrian event. There's a big, uh, horse show. That's like three months down there in Wellington. She, they rent a big ranch. And so I go down pretty much every other week to do some kind of cocktail party or dinner party or, Next time we're doing a big mixology event with a, a, a mixologist friend of mine who's going to do all the smoke and fire and dry ice stuff that by the pool that people like to see. So you, so, you should bring fucking you should bring bring Dylan, dude. Yeah, next time He's, I got Dylan. I got a, Dylan's really good. Yeah, I were, we were, well obviously worked with him last year in Vegas and looking forward to working with him again. I got a guy here named Jason Kindness, and he has a company called the Kind Spirits, and he owns a restaurant. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he also, but he also does, um, you know, mixology one on one and in home classes and these private events. And he did some of the cocktail recipes for my book, so he was the first one I reached out to. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Dylan like on location in remote locations, and he's pretty fucking cool. He does some really really good stuff, and he's gonna yeah he will he'll be with us in Vegas again this year. Yeah, I mean, I get I get inquiries for that kind of stuff all the time, so we could definitely collaborate on something. I'm sure. Are you dancing? Are you dancing while you're recording? Am I dancing? In the microphone. It sounds like you're swinging the microphone around. Wow! Are you looking at me on the floor? (laughs) Are you trying to get the broom to stand up? (laughs) I saw that this morning. I haven't tried that yet. What is it? Tell me what it is. What's going on with this dumb? Just, you know what it is? It's a diversionary tactic from some crazy law that they're going to pass, which says that now when you go get your driver's license, you have to hand the guy fucking $40 in cash. Like they're going to pass a crazy law while we're all trying to get fucking brooms standing up. Yeah. Sleight of hand. Like what can we do to, uh, it's like the bouncing ball with the dog or the squirrel. 
Well, dude, the, our president was just acquitted of being impeached. And during that entire time, we're dealing with the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's it's, con, there's always something going on while something else is like something major's going on. And then we have a fucking world outbreak of a beer virus. It's ridiculous. If you if you don't sit and watch and pay attention every single second of every day, there's so much stuff that goes on that you don't even know about. I mean, I can be at the gym, three different TVs going with three different networks, all the same story, but you get all different angles. So you have no idea what to believe anymore. It's crazy. I agree. I, I, I believe I am 100 percent in agreement with you, dude. I feel like I don't know. I really just don't know who to trust anymore. Like, who the fuck do you listen to Fox? Do you listen to CNN or do you listen to fucking NPR? Like, exactly. who do you listen? Everybody has their favorites, whether they like the anchors or the station or whatever. But it's like you can literally watch the same story on three different networks and get a completely different view. And it's just like, OK, so what am I supposed to believe? You have no idea. Is even right. New York Times, stuff exactly. like that. I mean, you don't even know who to believe. So you got to right. just try to wade through all the bullshit and uh try to be logical and pay attention. Yeah. I, uh, I have a hard time being logical with it because I just feel that there's, there's just too much lying. I think they're all full of shit. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I I'm think not they're the, telling, I'm not the biggest Trump fan, but I, I watch the state of the union just because I want to stay informed. And I mean, if right. you believe, if you believe everything you said, then the country's doing great. But if you believe everything that Pelosi said, he's lying about everything. So it's like, you know, we're so divided these days. It's like, you just don't know. You just got to live life and forge ahead. Well, it feels like every time. And by the way, anybody who's listening right now, uh, Kev, do me a favor. Tell us who you are, what you do and how we can get in contact with you. Wait, are we live? We're actually podcasting right now. I thought we were just talking. We're good. We're going no, here. We are. We're pot. We're, <laughs> we're talk. We're talk casting. Yeah. Well, this is Chef Kev D. You can see me at chefkevd.com, Instagram, Chef Kev D one, uh, Twitter, Chef Kev D. Uh, and you can see all that's happening in my food world and travel world. And you can see pictures of me and Duffy hanging out in the back room at Mohegan Sun and, and fun stuff like that. Woo-hoo! That was a fun night. So, that was a great fucking night. Uh, but I want to get back to that. Let's, by the way, whoever took that picture, that was a great fucking picture. Um, I can't remember what we were talking about now. We the were having a conversation of, about the country, Trump and the state of the yeah. union. Right. But the, I think that one of the big things that, that I see and what I have seen, and I know everybody else feels the same way, is that whatever comes out of out of his mouth, somebody is trying to debunk it on the other side as fast as possible. So as soon as he was done, the state of the union, the next round of, of articles and headlines that started to come out was the 17 misconceptions about what Trump just said. Right. And then you like have the was, other side and, and he's the, a fucking maniac. He's a fucking maniac. But. Yeah. He's a total buffoon. And, and I'm sure some of what he said was probably true. And it's probably half bullshit, but you're going to get just as many people that believe that everything that comes out of his mouth is a hundred percent fact. And then you've got the other people that believe that it's a hundred percent bullshit. So you got to kind of pay attention so you can see, I mean, you know, people, it's people that, that hate Trump, just think everything he says is bullshit and won't believe a single thing. And people that are for him believe right. everything. So it's like, what do you do? You're so, you got to somewhere in the middle and just wade through the shit. Yeah. I just, it's a constant world of shit. Yeah. Everybody's full of shit. 
Roll Everybody's full shit. Well, we're trying to change it with Here's, food, right? That's all we can. Oh, do. We are, dude. I totally agree. I totally. But now they're now they're putting bans on everything else. I just saw something really funny though. It said Beyond Broccoli, made from 100% real pork. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was our boy, uh, the vulgar chef. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything, right? A good, a good healthy balance of anything is good. You can't have too much left, too much, right. Too much broccoli, too much pork. Like, you know, have a nice balance right. in life and try to figure it out and get through it that way. Because you go too far and you eat pork every day at every meal, you're going to get sick. You eat broccoli every day at every meal, you're going to get sick. Do you believe everything Trump says? You're going to get sick. I mean, it's just, you got to walk in the middle and, and find that balance. What, uh, what's your balance right now? Cause you've been a maniac the last couple of years, a lot of travel, a lot of TV. What do you, yeah. what's your balance right now? It's, uh, well, just the more you do it, the easier it gets. As you know, the traveling gets easier and you start to get uh, more efficient and things like that. So that definitely helps. Um, having a handful of steady clients is huge because, you know, although the first couple of times I went down to West Palm, it's like, okay, I got to pr- source the food. I got to source the, t- the table decor. Yeah. I got I to get staff. It's like this crazy, frenetic, like. You know, I have a bartender try- for you, by the way, while you're down. I got oh, a great perfect. girl, somebody like a staff. She's awesome. She lives down there. Perfect. She's my buddy's wife. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple good people that I use, but like I said, it becomes easier. And then, so now it's just like, I, I fly in the night before I know where to shop. I have all my staff. I have, you know, I have the rental company. It's like bing, bang, boom, very efficient and done. So it's just like anything, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right. How many people are you feeding at a shot? So it's different every time. So I'm going down on Monday for a 50 person cocktail party. So it's, it's stations, it's pass, it's high tops, it's a bar. And then the following week is, uh, and you're going in the day before and prepping for this. Yeah. So I get an Airbnb, I get kind of some of the stuff that takes a long time. If I'm braising or doing any baking or anything like that, I'll kind of get ahead of time. The rest I'll do right. You know, obviously she has a if you own a compound, it has a beautiful kitchen. So uh, I do a lot of it right, right. on site, but to, I, to make sure that I get everything and, and ahead of the game, I go in the day before and prep it out and then finish it at our house. And then next week is the, uh, you know, 30 person seated, plated, seven course served with cocktail pairings and the flair bartender and all that. And then, you know, last week was a, a 40 person seated, you know, all vegetarian, no gluten, no meat, uh, like 15 allergies. It's the same one that she does every year. That's basically like the hardest <laughs> that's the nightmare meal. <laughs> well, you know, every, every chef has two or three go-tos, but when you do, when you're talking about seven courses with no meat, no gluten, no dairy, it gets pretty hairy, but it, they loved it. So, it, so what's your, so what's your menu? You uh, Top of your head. Uh, I did. Well, they, luckily they did. They were able to have some ceviche, uh, some seafood. So I did like a ceviche and I did a fish and I did a shrimp. And then I also did a butternut bisque and caramelized apple bisque and, and things like that. So I was able to pepper in some seafood, which made it a lot easier than if it was all vegetarian. Right. Right. And then, so how now is this client from up here? She has a house in Boston. She's actually a famous ballroom dancer, okay. but her family is big nice. into the, into the uh, equestrian world. And there's in down in Wellington, they have the world equestrian show, which brings in like 
I don't, they said like 300 million over the two months that it's there. And it's like a, this big crazy, if you're not in the horse world, you'd have no idea about it, but it's a, yeah. So she has a house up in Boston. That's how we met. And then she spends three months a year down there. So I've been going back and forth. So that's great for me this time of year, because obviously the summer and spring and fall is pretty hectic being where I'm located right. in the private chef world. So to have her, you know, kind of January, February, March, it kind of evens everything out. Right. A nice, a nice little buffer to get you through the winter. Yeah. I mean, I, I always thought going into business for myself that like January, February would be slow, but they've been some of my better months a lot because of her, but yeah. But uh, just because, you know, a lot of corporations and things, they do their Christmas parties and private dinners and stuff like that kind of after the holidays because some businesses are crazy during the holidays. So they wait till January and February to have a big event. So it's good for me. Right. Nice. So what uh, we've had some fun over the last couple of months. Yeah, with more to come. But yeah, we did. Yeah. Mohegan Sun was a blast as always. It's like every year we talk about yeah. this and how can it get bigger and better? There's no way. And it always does. So it's just like, it always I, I really liked Mohegan this year. Yeah. And it was, you know, we're, we're purist, right? So if we have an after party for the at the same place for five years in a row, we're kind of partial oh. to that place. We walk into the new place and we're yeah. like, what's going on here? But it turned, it turned <laughs> out to dump. be a blast. Yeah. The place is a dump. We, but within, within 10 minutes we were dancing on the couches and it was a good time. Well, that's like my goal when I get to a club is to get to that couch as fast as possible because yeah. I want to see, I want to look at everybody. I want to, I want to, uh, what we're talking about, everybody, we went to, uh, we, we did, uh, the sun wine food fest up in, uh, Mohe- uh, in Uncasville, Connecticut at the Mohegan sun, which every year puts on this just massive fucking party. And the chefs are just, they're treated awesome. You know I mean? We've got comps we've got table comps we've got bar tabs we've got vip access like they really take a great care of us they do an amazing job and this year they threw uh something new at us which was they didn't bring us up to the regular club up at avalon they brought us to nouvelle which was it's almost like a sports bar slash nightclub yeah it's really cool like the way that, that it's set up and uh, it's a yeah. little, it's a little less clubby, which, you know, I mean, Jesus, you're, you're going to be 40 soon. So you're getting up there. We don't, it's not like you go clubbing all the time, but to, to, have, <laughs> to, to have a different style is pretty cool. And, and it's, I mean, who was the girl that got up? Uh, Miley Cyrus's sister got up and, and sang like two or three songs, I think on the, on the DJ booth with DJ Irie. Yeah. You didn't know Miley Cyrus's sister. I believe so. Are you kidding me? I would not. She did. She did a DJ set at the at the brunch that was at Novell on Sunday, which we have we've yet to make in six years. Right. (laughs) No, I I did, dude. I made it to uh, the first year of Martha and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I had every intention of making it. Didn't happen. I was roughly an hour and a half late, but I made it for the end. I didn't eat yeah. anything. But they so were funny. She's, she's a DJ, uh, Miley Cyrus's sister. So she, I think, I believe she did a DJ set at that at the brunch, and she also the came brunch. out and, and did a couple a couple songs when we were there on on Saturday night. Imagine being Miley Cyrus's sister. 
Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's good that she does something completely different, right? She's a DJ rather than a singer-songwriter or whatever Miley's doing this day, these days, so it's easier to kind of stay out of her shadow, but it's still going to be... Yeah, but she was she was singing and songwriting up on stage Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy thing to have a sibling who's the most famous in the world at what they do, and then you're trying to do the same exactly. thing. Exactly. That's crazy. What about Billy, though? What's Billy up to? Billy okay. Joel? Oh, Billy fucking Ray. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus, he, I believe, is the architect behind the whole thing. Behind, I think he's like. Is he Miley's, like the management company? I believe so. I'm not the um, the expert on Miley Cyrus, but I believe I saw something that that he's kind of like. Dude, <laughs> you're crushing it. I mean, your knowledge is unmatchable right now. It's literally you're you're making yourself an expert. Oh man, yeah. Well, so he has achy breaky heart, and I think he can live off that forever. But now. I think uh, Miley you think, has. You think he's still living off of that? You got to. I mean, he's got royalties and points and all that. So he gets every time it's played anywhere, he gets a check. So I think he's probably doing OK. There's got to be a point where that check comes through and it's like forty seven dollars. <laughs> it's still coming through, though. I mean, can you imagine like some of the, like the Beatles and Billy Joel and all those guys are still getting checks from 30 years ago from the songs that still get played That's however true, many dude. thousands of times a day and they can just they could sit and go to the mailbox in their slippers and bathrobe and never have to work again. Yeah. You know, I had it's funny when we were doing uh, that event with uh, Chris and Taste up in Lancaster. I was outside and I was talking. It was really a kind of a cool moment. Sorry for my yawn. Keeping you up? Dude, I'm tired this morning, man. I didn't sleep well last night. No? You know? What are you out skiing in Lake George? Oh, dude, I had a great I had a great run the other day. Then my feet got my feet got bad. So I had to come off the mountain. Well at least beautiful. At least what? At least you're up there giving it a shot. I really, I love skiing, man. Black diamond. I love it. I actually ended up on a black diamond. <laughs> That's how you Accidentally? Ended up in- <laughs> uh, no, I unfortunately have really shitty feet, dude. My yeah. feet have uh, been pretty bad the last couple of years and they're getting worse. Man. It's just this fucking, Nate, it's this crazy business. You yeah. Know? The the old days when you're in the on the cement floors for... 12, 14 hours at a time, six days a week. It there's no flops. There's no give at all. Now yeah. everybody's got everybody's got yeah, everybody's got the mats and the high end footwear and all that stuff. And it's it's, uh, it's easier, but it definitely takes a toll. What's your go to shoe? You wear those weird shoes. Uh, I have a pair of um, Doc Martin clogs for for when I'm actually really? in the kitchen. But when I when I uh, when I'm doing like festivals and stuff, I wear the no bulls because a lot of time I'm running around and right. it's not, it's not even in the kitchen. So it doesn't matter too much if it's non-slip uh, like Mohegan, like you have 10 events on all different floors and one's two miles away and one. So it's just easier for me to wear those kind of in the day to day. But then if I know I'm going to be in the kitchen for a long day, I have the clogs. I do love my clogs. My dance goes. Yeah, they are comfortable. I'm in the a kitchen. big fan. Yeah, they are. They're great. But I, I mean, I beat the shit out of them, though. Like, I remember at one point I was going through two to three pairs a year. That's a that's lot. What we did. Just, well, I mean, I, you know, dude, standing in a kitchen, 
you know, working your balls off, even if, and especially if you're running the kitchen, you're in there, you know, I used to walk in in the morning, take my flip flops off, throw a pair of clogs on and then work for 14 hours and then throw flip flops on at the end of the day. And I used to work with a guy named Nell Nell was a really good dude, but I, towards the end of his career, I used to watch him like he was getting ready for a hockey game, dude. <laughs> Suiting he'd up. Ta- he'd be taping his feet up, getting ready, putting his orthotics on. And I always felt bad for him. And now I know how he feels. Yeah, that reminds me of a chef I used to work with, Chef Chris Berry at, at this uh, old school steakhouse in Vermont. He was... You could tell he'd been in the business for 30 plus years at this point, but yeah. always, always the knapsack that had the Advil, the Vicodin, the extra pair of shoes, the socks and knee brace, the right. you know, any event that, cause when you're stuck in a restaurant for 15 hours, you never know what you're going to need. So right. it was like, ask chef Chris, you need an Advil, t- you know, you need this, you need that. He's got everything. Yeah. I carry a little pill bottle with all sorts of fun shit in it. Uh, you never know. I absolutely. You never know. You don't know what's in there. I've got allergy medication in there. I've got all sorts of shit. I've got 800 milligram ibuprofeno. Glaucoma medication in there. No, not yet. Not yet. Although I got to go to the, the optometrist this week as well. I'm just getting old, Kev. You know, I'm an old, I'm an older man. You are. You're a mess. Actually. I'm turning into a fucking dump. <laughs> Your body's a dump. A dump. What uh, what were your thoughts about A this year? Second round. Uh, oh, we wait, a, were you out there second round? I didn't go to the beer fest. And I was booked up that weekend. But oh, the, f- the food and wine festival that we did. You yeah, we had a blast. And we, uh, you know, that is a beautiful property and up and coming. And once they get the hotel and get everything rolling, yeah. it's going to it's going to be mint. But like we did a similar event that the, the guest chef did or at Elane at uh, Line and Lore. I did it at the Food and Wine. You did it at the Beer Fest. But that was that's a blast just having that crew and that Dude, team. By yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, get all that, awesome. you get all that crew and full kitchen and all that at your fingertips. It's like – and then you go out there. A lot of people, you know, stand in ovation and stuff like that. I mean, it's it was a cool time. I, I'm excited to go back yeah. next year and, and, and see how – uh, the second year goes. I know they're, they're making a lot of plans. I mean, one, they're moving the wine fest to July, which means that I'm basically going to be living in the state of Washington for the month of July. Cause I do my crave festival out there. And then I take my, my Harley ride. I do my, my week long Harley ride out there. It's beautiful weather out there in July, isn't it? Oh, it's so nice, dude. Just a great. And you're seeing every bit of nature, that you can. I mean, you're literally driving through deserts at some point and, you know, into lush green forest. And yeah, I know uh, you're not boring me, honestly. Have a coffee. Can you get your assistant to bring you a coffee, please? Okay. First off, my assistant is not my personal assistant. <laughs> and if I asked Sam to get me a cup of coffee, she'd probably tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> so she's not my personal. Um, so what's going on with you? What's going on with you these days? What's the uh, what's the gig? What's going on for the year? So the private chef thing oh, keeps me busy, but you know the festivals and all of the things like that, or kind of fill everything in. But I got a great new partnership with 
Carolyn, who's the owner of Alex and Ani. Um, she has a, a beautiful. Oh, you're man- telling me about that. Yeah, she has a beautiful mansion here in Newport, which is like a mile from my house uh, that she bought in 2013, and they put like 20 million dollars into it. And it's this beautiful mansion. Oh looks my like God. a yeah, it looks like a castle. I did a, a three night residency there with Bugatti for last year for the big uh, Motor Week that was here. So, in doing that, we became friends. We decided to partner on something called the Belcourt Experience. Uh, we did our first event with G Love, our friend G Love, uh, and it's kind of like a G. yeah, a mini food and wine festival for like a two-hour VIP period where you have local restaurants, craft beer, um, some local chefs, and things like you know raw bar. We had a, a hip hop violinist that was playing that was that was a huge hit and then everybody kind of there's this beautiful ballroom upstairs with like 50 foot ceiling stained glass fireplace like a cathedral almost uh that seats 200 that we're going to do this uh music series called uh Belcourt Experience we did one with G Love we're talking to Gavin DeGraw right now we have one in July with Eric Eric Hutchinson so it's cool to have something that is basically local for me and fun to do like that so I got that going on and then obviously we have Vegas coming up in a month, which is going to be a lot of fun. I cannot believe that's in a month. I mean, I just got a list the other day of food that I'm sending out to you guys today. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. a good one. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good month. Event. What do you got? A month and a half, maybe? So it's uh, March 28-ish. I think I fly in that Saturday. You guys fly in Sunday. So, yeah, I fly in Saturday. I'm trying to book flights now, which is always fun. Food and Beverage Innovation Center. You got Dylan making drinks. You got all kinds of new equipment. And then, I mean, we got a a bunch of good, we got a bunch of good chefs again. So we've got like the the old standby. We've got you, Nick Liberato, Panini Pete, uh, Kayla Robeson, Matt Varga, Chad Rosenthal, two David Fu. Jennifer Bem Lazzarini, Monte Carlo. Love Monty. She's awesome. She's great. And yeah. me. And you. And uh, it's, it's quite a cross section. You and got a Dylan. little bit of everything from all over the country, which is pretty cool. Different views. Well, that was always my goal for this whole thing was that, you know, we didn't have a conglomerate of people all from the same region. So Panini being from Alabama. You being from up here, but you being from up in Rhode Island and Matt Varga being from Rhode Island, but two totally different styles of food. Right. And he's, like, he's a f- and that's one of the things that I love. Yeah. And you got Kayla, who's from Cincy and obviously Nikki's from out from the West Coast and, and, every, and everybody in between. So it's it's definitely cool yeah. to to get all the different, you know, what everybody's doing. It's the best part to catch up and see what everybody's up to opening new restaurants and working with fun clients. And it's definitely a cool event. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And what then do, we what have do, what do we have for fun proteins? Any Anything good? Uh, so I got a bunch of duck this year. I got, what else am I getting? You know, we've got all this crazy shrimp that we're bringing in. It's these all natural shrimp that are, it's called XO. And they're, I think you guys used them last year, but they're all clean and they have a great flavor to them. They're not that expensive. 
They're actually less expensive than a lot of the commodity shit that's out there that's loaded with sodium tripolyphosphate. Right. And these are totally clean, but they're also graded. They're sized after they are shelled. So you're getting a true size shrimp for it. Yeah. We've got octopus. We're doing calamari. Nikki lives, wants to steal the calamari. I just want everybody to know. Um, and then we have a whole bunch of, I'm doing a bunch of stuff with flatbreads and pizzas. Nice. You got a hearth oven or a whole bunch of really cool. We do. We've got two. We have the, uh, the turbo chef firestorm, which is the pizza oven. It cooks at like 900. And then we have a conveyor pizza oven as well for the, for the masses. Nice. So you can just crank them out, crank them out. So you can just crank them out. Exactly. And then we've got the perfect fry up on the stage, you know, the normal stuff that's up there, but I'm, I'm excited to see what Middleby throws at us this year. I haven't even, cause I haven't given them recipes yet. So I haven't gotten a, an equipment list yet. And I just got hit up yesterday from the, the, uh, the convention center, like, all right, well, where's our equipment list? So I got a lot of work to do today. Better get on it. You got like five weeks. Well, it, uh, you know, the problem is, is there's not much that can be done until you get a food list. Right. You know what you're going to need. Yeah, exactly. But we are doing some cool kind of marketing stuff this year. We're doing 15 minute interviews with each one of you guys on Instagram live. So you'll have yours. Did you set yours up yet? Yeah, I believe it's mid-March. So we have a little time. Oh, good. Good. That'll be cool. That'll be close to it. So that'll be a nice, a nice time to do it. And we're kind of just talking to everybody to get an idea of what, you know, who they are, what on an innovation level they're using. And then, you know, a lot of this stuff has to do with trending. I mean, like, what are you, if, if I were to ask today, as opposed to in the middle of March, what are you seeing in the food and hospitality world right now that has, that, that is a trend or, or is a future item? Well, the biggest thing I see is a change in thinking on, on menus. And it's like, um, you know, you know, I was a restaurant chef for 20 plus years. And the big thing for me was uh, it, we changed the menu seasonally. All right. So that was kind of the norm back then. You change the menu seasonally, what's available kind of, but you would lock it in for three months and that would be your menu. Whereas these days uh, with the massive amounts of restaurants that there are out there, you're seeing a switch to people are changing monthly, weekly, even daily menus. So they're getting in X amount of fish as opposed to doing features or specials, which you should still do, but you're getting in 20 pounds of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, whatever it may be. And you're, once that's gone, you're changing the menu and you're based on produce and things that you can get readily in the, the part of the country that you're in. And, um, so you're seeing a change from that seasonal thinking where, okay, this is our fall menu and this is going to stay the same right. for the next two and a half months to this is today's menu, right? Because there's so many options out there. Like, you know, I'm in Boston twice a week working with clients or working at restaurants and, there's 27 restaurants on one block. 
So if you're right. able to keep exactly. keep it fresh, change your menu, do something different, you're going to build that base of regulars that are going to come back because they know, hey, chef's going to do something different. Um, it's not always going to be the same. You know, you may have a few staples on there, obviously, that you have that are signature dishes, but you're changing it up enough that those people will come in twice a week and and ideally be able to get something different every time. Which is, you know, Absolutely. if you if you thought about that five years ago, no way the chef would be pissed. Oh, you want something different? I just I'm prepping for the menu. Like that's you know everybody was very set in their ways back then, including myself back then. But you know, but now everybody wants to see what's new, what's fresh, what can you make today. Um, and the good right. thing about uh, the fact that yeah, the- yeah, you and I travel so much, so we get to see different stuff. Like we're out in Portland uh, or Washington at Alane working at Line and Lore, and you see, hey, they're doing something a little differently. When I come back and do a guest chef dinner or a consultant or something like that, I can then plug that in and say, these guys out out west are doing this. We got to try that, and so it just really keeps things right. fresh. You know, what I think is fun about those events. Just to kind of go back into that real quick is the uh, the opportunity one that we have to go into a kitchen and work with a different group of people which is always you know you can it can go many directions you know but i think that in these cases when you get out into there especially into some of these areas these guys really kind of thrive on having different chefs come into the kitchen and i'm one of those guys who's like you know i don't want to show up to plate i want to show up to prep Right. Like I love being in the kitchen and prepping. I have a field day with it. Sure. Camaraderie, the, you know, the, the, the sarcasm, the digs. I mean, you know, you and I, the first 20 minutes of this show, we just made fun of each other. Right. You know? Yeah. The fun is in the the nature of it. Once you get to plating, that's kind of like, okay, you should be able to, this crew should be able to bang this out. We've been, we've been through all the plates. Uh, now we're out yeah. talk, talking about the recipes, interacting with the crowd, and their amazing staff is back there, you know, making us look good. Um, but that's kind of – it's like everything. Everything's in the prep. And then once it's showtime, uh, if, if you're all prepped up and ready to go, then everything is becomes easy. The art of the preparation creates the experience. Exactly. I got that shit tattooed on my body, Kev. There you go. A very wise man once said that. Hey, look – I mean, we, I, as a chef yeah. definitely don't know it all. So if I see, if I've been doing something the same way for five years totally. and, I, and I get around a chef who's maybe tweaked it or done something different, I'm like, man, that's great. I'm going to use that. And that's, and I come away with something new and hopefully he does the same or she gets something for me. And that's, that's what it's all about. What is, uh, what's one of your nightmares that you've had in situations like that? Uh, it's more, uh, I think we've talked about it before, but it's more like the logistics, the traveling to make sure your stuff is there. You know, if we're, I'm flying 3000 miles to get to an event, I'm not going to bring a trailer full of food or cookbooks or anything right. like that. We, you know, so, you know, there's been instances where I've showed up and my, my cookbook didn't get there. So you had 50 guests that were looking forward to, so you just, you know, we sent it to them, you know, I personalized them all. We sent it to them directly. So it all worked out, but just little things like that. And being a chef, you have to think on the fly and you know, you have to have three solutions in mind to every problem that could arise. So it's just, it's mostly little things, you know, nothing major that any guests or anybody would really notice. Right. There's, uh, there's always something, there's always a glitch 
Like I've, I, I, there's rarely times I can't even think if there's ever been a time that I've shown up to an event like that and something didn't show up. Uh, they didn't, you know, Oh, we lost that rat. Like there's always something somewhere. Yeah. They send you a different cut of me. Yeah. It makes it fun, but for us, but you can look over and you can see the PR person like having an anxiety attack and and you and I are like, okay, well we're going to braise this short room instead of searing a steak. We're just going to do this, this and this and okay, fixed just like that. And that's really what you have to do because you can't, you know, this guy can't be falling every time something changes. You just have to roll with the punches. And this guy falls a lot. It does. So what's going on with you for this year? What do you have? I mean, other than some of these events, you have any, any cool stuff planned? You doing any new TV stuff or, you know, I mean, you're just going to be hanging out with us. Uh, I mean, a lot of, a lot of really fun clients I'm doing, I'm going out uh, to Hollywood for home and family, which is on the Hallmark channel. Uh, to do a cocktail and cuisine segment with them. Uh, Our buddy Santos just did it a couple weeks ago. Um, And obviously the morning shows, I do that to to keep it fun and and stuff like that. Um, But mostly, uh, you know, private chef festivals and then peppering in some fun TV stuff. I just got something from the Sahara in Las Vegas, Kev, on my email. Um, cause you know, SLS changed over to the Sahara. Oh, nice. Same location though, right? Same okay. location. Yeah. Cause I was just out there a couple weeks ago and I guess they changed the rooms and stuff up. Hmm. It looks pretty good. I'm excited for Vegas this year. Yeah. I love that. I love where we stay because it's just small enough that, you know, we're there for a couple of days. So we get to know the dealers and the bartenders and it's like, yeah. It's not this massive Disneyland type experience. It's more, you know, we get down there at five o'clock after the show's over, have a, have a cocktail and play some blackjack. And it's kind of, you make friends with everybody, which, which I like. That was a good time last year. I'm glad we did that. I, I don't know what it was about last year's Vegas, but I hit a groove in blackjack. Yeah, we all did well, which is the, well, hopefully it doesn't change this year. Keep it rolling. Yeah. Well, I play much smarter now. I'm not as, uh, I'm not as kind of all over the place. Well, you get wise. I play a little bit more of the book. Yeah. I've ever read that fucking book. You've heard of the book. Well, everybody talks about the book because you sit down at a table and you're like, do I hit on 13? And they're like, well, the book says, well, that's the good thing about like, like, uh, have you ever really read the book? (laughs) The good thing about the small place is that if it's just you and me at a totally table, we're, we're not thinking about what the two dudes on the left and the girl on the right is is going to do. And we don't we just play for ourselves or as opposed to when you're at a big, busy place and there's 10 deep people watching behind you, you're trying to make the whole table happy. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, I think that the some of these smaller casinos, the dealers look, the dealers are really they're playing with you in a way. You know, they're like, you, you know, when you go, when you make that motion to hit and they look at you and you're like, oh, no, 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 I didn't want to hit that motherfucker. <laughs> and their eyes twitch you know, and they're and, like, and do you really want to hit? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear you. Are you sure? Yeah, that's fine. And like a six comes up on an 11 or something, you know, and you're like, yeah, like, you know, no, six on 11, that wouldn't work out so well, but you get my gist. This is what uh, I mean. You're a loose cannon. I am. I'm not good at it. I think that, uh. 
I think Vegas this year is going to be a different, a different beast because I think that we're first off, we're doing two more chefs. So our demos are going to be kind of fast and furious. Plus we have one person dedicated to the stage. So all your mise en place is going to be like ready to go stage cleared set up. Plus we've got a full demonstration kitchen on the stage. Yeah, that's that's so that Evo, makes a huge difference. The best shows that we do huge difference. When the stage is run yeah. properly, it makes for better demos a hundred percent. Well that's it's one of the things that I've always asked for. I mean, look, even at the taste festivals, which I said yes, Kev. Did you say yes? <sighs> I was waiting to hear what your response was gonna be. We never you know, know. It's in my backyard. Yeah. It's in my backyard. I love Chris and Dina. Yes, I love their kids. As do I. And that's that's the big reason why. I mean, it's it, they're fun shows. Don't get me wrong. They're just a different beast than kind of what we're used to. So, I yeah. mean, there's it's it's likely that I'll be there again. Now, did you stay? Where, did we stay in the casino last year? I guess yeah, we did. Back at Valley Forge for Philly. And then Lancaster is at Penn Square. So two fun locations, too. That that also that also helps. Yeah. Because we did a double uh, one year. That, that was rough. Oh man, that was, that was rough. The prep kitchen was that literally was the year that I thought, yeah, that was bad. That was the year that I thought that the, uh, the show went on at five and not four and I got caught in the hot tub. <laughs> well, these things will happen. But the good, thing, know, the good awesome. thing about having it at a casino or something like that, where everything's on site, you can be downstairs in five minutes where when there's cars and right. shuttles and planes and all this Parking. involved. Yeah, it's harder to get where you need to be ahead of time. So it's always nice to have an all-inclusive, all-encompassing space where everything's right there. And you can just, oh, shit, I'm going to be late. Pop right downstairs. What's the best event that you've ever done in regards to, like, these kind of food festival-type things? What's the best one that you've ever done? I can't say best ever. They're all, they're all really different, believe it or not. But, uh, you know, on the East coast, uh, I love sun wine fest, obviously, because they just really know that it's a food and wine festival and to take care of the chefs and the people yeah. that are, it's, I mean, they really know how to do it and hospitality and all that. So that's one Greenwich here in Connecticut, which they're both in Connecticut ironically, but they're both. And, and and what they have in common is they both really take care of the chefs. What do you need? Well, you need special equipment. Well, you need an extra walk-in space. And that's what makes it easier for us as chefs who are coming from wherever we may be just getting off a plane and we can't all the time have control of what's happening on site. So those two on the East coast, uh, I'm headed down to Miami and in, uh, in a couple of weeks to do Sobe, I have a guest chef dinner at Morena's Beach Resort. Really? And then, and, and so that's a fun one, all for different reasons, though. I mean, some you're actually working the entire time, but it's rewarding for that. And others, you know, like Sobe, other than my guest chef dinner, I'm, I'm a guest the rest of the time. So I'm going to an event with my buddy Adam Richmond, and I get to actually go and, and have some fun from the different side of it as opposed to being behind a table and taking pictures and cooking and talking to 10,000 people over the course of the weekend. So for that reason, that one's different. Uh, you know, obviously a Lane was fun. I do one in Vegas and Beverly Hills, which is the same company, but they really are all very different. 
So, you know, I can't really say as far as the festivals, which one are the best. What about you? What's your number one? I mean, it's, it's hard because they are very different for different reasons. Like one, you may be they are. great with the promoter. So it's great for that reason. One may be the kitchen is so easy to work with and the chef. So it's great for that reason. So they're all really, they're actually, when you come down to it, they're all very cool and they're all great for different reasons. I know that's a politically correct thing right. to say, but it's true. Totally. I think that, uh, I think that sun has created a standard for these shows that a lot of people are trying to hit. Now I don't do a lot of, of food festivals. It's just not in my wheelhouse. It's not a lot of, you know, it's not, it's not what I do. Um, so the ones that I do go to, I really have to say, I think that Mohegan has done an amazing job with creating an atmosphere that you nailed it. You know that you're at a food and wine festival. Yeah. You it's know, you're you, you, across the board, you know, right. You know, when you're, if, even if you're at a restaurant, that's not really participating, you know, that there's a food and wine festival going on and there's the dine around and right. the brunch and the after club and the, and the grand tasting and stages everywhere. And I mean, it's, it's, it's all encompassing. And that, and, and part of the reason they're able to do that is they got such a great team, chef, uh, Lindsay oh, and, man. uh, Lindsay and chef Lynn and all those guys, they, they do it year after year after year. And, you know, yeah. they, they just kill it. Well, I think that, it, you know, I think with a and a, one of the things that I have enjoyed so much in doing their event is the staff across the board. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Lindsay. I think Tammy's awesome. Tammy's I think amazing. Lynn is wonderful. Yep. You know, all the chefs that are, are there at Mohegan behind the scenes that do their stuff. But there's something and I don't know if it's just because maybe Mohegan is a bigger uh, event. It's a bigger group, a bigger casino. I feel that I have created we all not just me. We all have gained a, a friendship with the hospitality staff at A. Oh, a hundred percent. And then, I mean, I mean the managers, the bartenders, the chefs, the line cooks, the bartenders, the hostesses, you know, you walk into a location and they, you know, Hey chef, how are you, man? It's good to see you again. Like that happens so fast. And, and don't get me wrong. It happens at Mohegan on a, on a smaller scale. Like when we go to, when we go to summer shack before dinner, before we go in for the big chef's dinner, it's right. great. You sit at the bar, I don't know if you know. Do you know they have our pictures behind the bar? Do they? I haven't seen those. On a big sheet of paper. Yeah, no, I mean, big sheet of paper. They've got all of our pictures. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Elon A is like, um, you know, it's the hospitality industry in a bubble. So everybody exactly. is working to the same goal. Everybody knows what everybody's going through as far as the long hours and the and the the heat and the customer service. So when you kind of get all those people in the same building, it's like a it's like a community. And when it's a festival, yeah. everybody you know everybody's kind of doing their thing. And it's really it's like a mini community. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I and I know there's just something fun about the fact that like when you start to learn kind of some of the inner workings of the casino world and the festival world with what it is that they put together, like the time that uh, they wanted me to go up on stage early and they talked to the eyes in the sky and they found me at a blackjack table. 
scary stuff that they're, they're always like, watching. Uh, chef, we just want to let you know that, uh, you know, they're asking if you can be in the kitchen 10 minutes early. And I'm like, I'm on a heater, but yeah, I'll fucking go to work now. How did you find uh, me? I know. That's what I always say. Like, how'd you find me? And they're like, we, you know, we have our ways. I'm like, fucking cameras everywhere. Plus, I'm a short, fat guy playing blackjack, loud, obnoxious, with a hat that says "Make Tattoos Scary Again." So, not that hard to find. Not that hard to find. Short, fat guy. Can we find a place? Chances are, he's got some sort of flip flop on his really bad, swollen feet. Uh, but, but you'll find it. You'll know who I'm talking about. Um, all right, brother. Well, you know, I guess we got work to do. Yeah, we got to I mean, get ready that, for Vegas. We got Vegas. We got all these things and. That's the one thing I'll say. Like I have uh, some friends and people that follow me who, when you pull a new client, if it's John Legend or if it's uh, these you know TV things or these gigs, they're like, "You've made it." Um, and I was like, "No, guys, this is one hard. Now the hard work starts. It's like right. you worked you worked very hard to get here, but you can get an opportunity and blow it, and then the point is moot. So you actually have to." elevate your game and work even harder when you get these great opportunities or they go away quickly. So, you know, the, yeah. the, the work never stops. Well, it's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, we've got to create recipes. We've got to get them developed. We've got to get them out to the events, you know, and then we've got to get out there and we prep them as well. I mean, the, the staff out there does the bulk of the work, but you get out there, you got to bang it out. And then you're, then you're on stage literally doing a demonstration and then you've got that big dine around that comes and uh, they're just fun. I love doing them, man. And I'm really, I'm really glad that, that we all get to do them together because it's a great opportunity for us all to hang out, you know, and, and, and chill out for a little while, not just being in a kitchen. Right. And, uh, and sharing what's going on and, and, and checking out each other's demos to see what you're making and things like that. I mean, it's, it becomes very fun and it would, you know, to the group that we have together is even for Vegas. Like we've all right. worked together numerous times. I mean, I'm psyched to see Panini Pete and Nikki and all those guys who, you know, I haven't known for that long, but you, you have a bond as chefs and friends and stuff like that. So it's good to be able to, you know, see those guys even if it is tactically work, we, we still make it really fun. Yeah. And it's so funny. To, I mean, like to watch, to watch all of us in, in our different world of elements, you know, like I look at Nick Liberato and he's so funny when he's in the kitchen with his staff, you know, and the way that you interact with your, your quote, not staff, but I mean, you get what I'm saying, Yeah, you yeah. know, that world of when we're, we're with our crew, it's pretty funny to watch. So I'm stoked. I'm glad I'm, I'm excited to see you in a couple of weeks, man. Sounds okay. good. Me too. All right, Kev, tell everybody who you are, how they can get in contact with you. Chef Kev D, find me at chefkevd.com and all my socials there, uh, at chefkevd1 on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, check me out there. All right, brother, give my best to Stan and the and the, the little ones, and uh, cheers, brother. Will do. Talk soon. All right, everybody, there we go. Kev D, Chef Kev Deshane. Uh, you guys have seen him on all sorts of cool shit. Um, you know, he did a whole bunch of stuff with Food Network for a while. And, um, you know, he's uh, he, he did a great food truck race and um, some pretty cool stuff with Tyler Florence as well. Um, Kev's a quality individual, man. Kev is one of those guys that, uh, you know, he's one of my ride or dies. He's one of the guys that I know that I can count on while we're out there. And, you know, we have some fun and we have some laughs. And every now and then he ghosts. And goes back to his room early and leaves me hanging. But I know I'm safe because I'm, I'm in the in the bosom of the Mohegan Sun uh, family. So that's where that goes. Uh, that's it this week. We're excited. 
coming up on nightclub and bar, the bar and restaurant expo, food and beverage innovation center out there in Vegas. Uh, I got a couple weeks. I got to go down to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, uh, Fiona and I are going skiing. We're going up to big old montage mountain in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Just the two of us go up. She's going to do some snowboarding. I'm going to break out the blades and do some skiing while I'm up there. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, little travel here and there. A couple things I've got to get done. I've got a couple of appearances and whatnot. I'll give you guys all the info and all that stuff. It's all out there. Uh, but that's our show for the week. So I want to thank everybody for uh, hanging out with us. Thanks, Chef Kev D. Uh, Kev DeShane for hopping on the show the boys down there radioinfluence.com jerry and i were talking a couple minutes earlier about the rule got a hundred percent chance to no know if you don't ask man you got an idea for a podcast talk to the boys down there radioinfluence.com they are putting together quite an amazing library i'm telling you great talent out there right now between their own shows. These are guys that are not only running and producing podcasts, but they're also doing podcasts at the same time. Jerry's doing a pretty amazing one that has to do with mental health that I love. I've enjoyed listening to it. Uh, Jason does one about UFC and recaps and all that, which is super cool. Uh, you know, you got Ian Beckles down there and you know, he's got some really cool people doing some really cool, cool podcasts. And it never would have happened if they didn't have the conversation. So have that convo. Uh, Maggie Gagliardi, that's at a uh, at M-A-G-Z art for all of her Instagram needs. She's amazing. And then we've got Michelle at Techno Solution. So check her out. Uh, we have a contest running. We're going to be doing menu reads, and then we're going to do a full revamp of a menu. So if you're interested, and you already heard me talk about it in the beginning of this show, send your menu to assistant at chefbrianduffy.com. I will read your menu live on air and give you an analysis of it. Look, if you're really interested in making a difference in your menu and making adjustments, you'll want to hear what I have to say. If you're stuck to it and you still think that Nona's meatballs are the number one selling item on your menu, I'll let you know how that works out. So, boys and girls, thanks so much for listening to me on Duffified Live this week. This is Brian Duffy. Follow me at Chef Bride Duff on Instagram. Love you all. Cheers. Power to the people. Go out there and be nice to everybody. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.